Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everybody. Welcome to Marriage and Martinis. This is Danielle. This episode that we're putting out today, I recorded, I guess, close to the summer, very late spring. And it's so funny because sometimes I have episodes that I get so excited to put out and then life gets crazy and things get on the back burner. And that's sort of what happened with this episode. After we recorded it, I was so excited and I felt like I had so much that I wanted to research because she had so much amazing information. And then life gets in the way. And so the other week I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I had this fantastic episode to share with parents and I haven't put it out yet. So I was so happy that we had a week this week with a free slot that I could put this in because it is the beginning of the school year and it is a time sort of for new beginnings for us and we're trying to figure out ways to maybe start fresh and do things that we haven't done in the past. For instance, for me, even as somebody who is so open about sex and everything, I still am always looking for ways to talk to my kids and incorporate it in a way that doesn't feel forced and contrived. And it's difficult. It really is a subject that gets me when it comes to my kids. Um, And I think in some ways, Adam and I have been really good about it. And I think in some ways, I feel like Mia is about to leave the house in 11 months. And there are a thousand things I want to talk to her in concerning this topic. And I'm not nearly as far along as I ever thought or hoped I'd be when it comes to the conversation of sex and sexuality and consent and bodies and shame and all of the things that you want to cover. So... When I saw Dr. Lincoln, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln's TikTok, she has 2.8 million followers on TikTok. That's how enormous she is now. I knew I had to talk to her because she has this unbelievable way of, of making everything feel so normal. And so, yeah, of course we should be talking about this. Yeah, of course our parts aren't shameful. Yeah, of course we know that, you know, nobody should make us feel this way about our bodies. And and that is why I think her TikTok is so incredibly relatable and successful. And Dr. Jen, that she likes to be called, she has she believes that for far too long there are so many topics that have been considered taboo, right? Periods, sex, hygiene, and it's totally time for that to change. She's here to demystify sex ed and break down the stigmas because no one needs to ever feel ashamed about their bodies. 
She educates in a warm, approachable, and evidence-based manner. And in doing so, she's changing the narrative. And she is an OBGYN. She's a lactation consultant. She's on the board of obstetricians. I always have trouble with that word. Obstetricians and gynecologists. She just has all the credentials. And she just makes it really Fun might be the wrong word, but it's really not. The things that are on her TikTok are kind of pretty fun and relatable and make you feel like it's all very normal to talk about. We talk about everything from when do you start talking to your kids about sex. If you have uh, younger kids, I ask her all those questions. We talk about talking to tweens and teens. What should you be doing? What should the checklist be of what our kids need to know before they go to college? Uh, And what should we look for in a school when we're looking for schools or whatever it is they're doing next? Um, How do we make it easier for them to leave the nest and know how to make a doctor's appointment and know what to look for, you know, in case you're worried about an STD? Like all of these things that we should be normalizing and yet it's so difficult to to do that. It's so much easier said than done. Um, I also ask her about a question that has been really important to me, um, which is when you have a a kid who's too old for a pediatrician and kind of too young for a regular, you know, internist or um, general practitioner, what then? And I loved her answer and it's made me do so much more research. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. I think it'll answer so many great questions. She really is fantastic. Go go check out Dr. Lincoln on TikTok, on Instagram, and hopefully it will inspire all of us to take the conversation just a little deeper and make it a little more comfortable. Enjoy. Well, hello, Dr. Lincoln. I'm so happy you're with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. And we just uh, discussed that you are in Portland, Oregon. That's true. Yeah, we're about to get to summer. Cannot wait. Need some sunshine. We've had our wettest spring on record. So I'm ready to be done with that for now. (laughs) I feel like Portland is a good, it seems like when I think about Portland, Adam and I have been there a few times. I, I feel like after watching your TikTok and reading your articles and everything, it seems like a very good fit for you as you feel like that, like it's like a, a perfect location for you to be. Totally. And, you know, I was just in Dallas, Texas this past weekend. You may have noticed um, that I struggle with some things that are happening in Texas right now. And, you know, it was really good to step outside of my bubble because I realized, you know, as soon as the plane landed back in Portland, like how privileged I am and how lucky I am to be in a place where I feel like I can be myself. We have access to things. My kids can grow up being themselves and not worry about certain things. And that's very privileged. I totally realize that. Um, but it's also why I do what I do. Cause I feel like I've got this amazing place that I get to live and call home and our policies are aligned with what I believe in. So I've got to speak up for places where that's not the case. Cause sadly things are very disparate, um, depending where you live right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And your official title is you're an OB, correct? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But your unofficial title is that you are like this TikTok sensation. <laughs> Yeah. That's the other part of the medical degree that I didn't know. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, really, it's just, you know, social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, a little bit of Twitter, but Twitter, or or sorry. Yeah. Twitter. um, 
not my favorite place to be. No, yeah, we I can never oh. figure out Twitter. We talk <laughs> yeah. about that all the time. We're like, we just can't figure it out. It's just people who go to yell at other people. Like, let's be real. Um, but it's another way to educate on a broader scale. It's really become like the public health aspect of my medical education and like one of the most fulfilling things. It's this whole other world that I never knew when I went to med school. I was like, hey, you're gonna end up one day on TikTok explaining you know, STIs or what a uterus looks like. And yet here we are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you have 2.8 million followers or something insane like that. Yeah. On TikTok, it's a little crazy. And it was, you know, I jumped on there before the pandemic and then with the pandemic, it just kind of went crazy. Um, But that's kind of my demographic is, you know, younger people, although it's definitely changing as a lot more of us are on TikTok. So my content is changing. Um, And it's awesome. The idea that I can put something out there that can get in front of a lot of eyes, which I am very privileged to have, but let's be real. There's also lots of misinformation that can get out in front of a lot of eyes. So I feel like I'm almost there some ways as like a stopgap measure to some of the stuff that is out there to help people understand what's good information, what's not. But if some days it feels like like a never ending battle. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like you're constantly just trying to debunk Mm -hmm crazy Mm -hmm. information that makes no sense. Yeah. And you can't, like I could, my account could all be that, but like there's, it's one of those things where you can either sit there and be reactive or you can be proactive. So I try to, to skew more to that, where I can give people the tools to be like, here's how you can figure out if something's legit. And here's things that you can learn about yourself. So that in a month, if you see some myth about like what your vagina should taste like, like you've seen my content and you're like, wait, that doesn't sound right. So you don't need me or somebody else, they're constantly interpreting it for you. Like that's true empowerment is when you know that stuff and you can figure it out for yourself and you can put up a wall and say, nope, I'm not going to consume this content because it's not helpful. And your content is so incredibly open. And like you have one TikTok where you're in different locations, having people scream the names (laughs) of certain STIs, right? That that, that was you're, so you're, you're in like fun. the street and you have everybody scream chlamydia. You're in a classroom and everybody screams herpes. And so what what behind all of these obviously, you know, performances on TikTok, what is behind it all? Yeah, I mean, that was one of that was super fun, that one. Um, I mean, it's but great. Yeah, all, yeah, and all of them are really rooted in the idea. My goal is to break down shame and stigma. So especially in vaginal and reproductive health you know, growing up as a woman in America, you know, that like you would whisper the word vagina or you wouldn't talk about periods or discharge because those were considered dirty and shameful. And maybe you were overtly taught that, or you were taught that by omission, meaning that when you weren't ever taught anything about your body in school, you assumed it was because you were dirty. Like you teach kids math, you teach kids social studies. So if you don't teach about your body, you just implicitly think there's a reason we don't talk about it. Like it's shameful. And then you look at the products that are out there that only continue that the summer's Eve marketing, the Vagisil marketing, the, you know, the always marketing now with their stupid fragrance wipes and stuff, like just so much stuff that tells us that baseline we're dirty and disgusting. So my goal is to make people feel like you can talk about these things. And I think my favorite one of that particular TikTok you're mentioning was the, the gentleman friend I found in the French quarter in new Orleans. I think he did syphilis. I can't remember. No, he did chlamydia. And what was happening is I was just walking around the corridor. I was down there giving a lecture to, to my med school. And these guy, this one guy was like, hey, hey, how are you? And I said, oh, all right, you're going to try it. You know, he was clearly just trying to like talk and, you know, and just have a good time. And I, I, I said, oh, hi, I'm great. And here's how I can be better. I'm trying to make this TikTok and blah, blah, blah. And 
And the guy who actually was in the video was not the guy who spoke out because the other two guys that did, they like ran, they're like, no way, we're not going to say we have chlamydia. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. It's, it's to show that it's not, <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. So the guy who was in my video, I like, I, I said, look, look at my TikTok, look how many followers I have. Like, I'm legit. You can, you can be famous too. You just have to do this. And he's like, let's do it. Um, and I, I said, you know, drop me a message when you see it. So I, I, I thought it taught that one guy a little bit of a lesson. Like maybe you should leave girls alone when they're walking down the street. You mm. clearly have no interest in you. But then the other guy who jumped in and actually did it, I was like, thank you for being brave and being awesome. So that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. Well, it is such an uncomfortable thing for people to talk about. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's always whispered and um, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, it's, it is getting better. And now there are all these, I mean, there's STI coaches out there, right. Who are, yeah. who help people who are going through it. Um, and there are obviously all these platforms now that really help with it. I'm so curious is, is sex and sexuality something that you grew up being really open about? Um, and, or, you know, is, is that how you got into this? No, it was the total opposite. I went to Catholic school my whole life and, you know, we were told that everything was a sin and you'd die if you had sex. Um, and not to say that it has to only do with Catholic school. This permeates so many places and institutions and we call it purity culture. The idea that pleasure is shameful. Your bodies are only for one thing. And if you masturbate, if you even say the word vagina, like you'll just go to hell and you'll burn there forever. So no, it was definitely not that situation. I got minimal education. I went off to college and this was, you know, like my kids like to say in the old days before the internet. So it's not like I could just Google, like, where do I get birth control or like, what is this? It was just, you kind of relied on your sorority sisters and your friends. Um, And so I think what really happened is I went to med school and an OBGYN. And I I think really it's not till now that I've realized that I think the reason I enjoy this stuff so much is because I am talking to like the 16 year old version of me who had no idea who, when she got her first period, she was so ashamed and like, couldn't talk about it. Um, so I think that it's totally the opposite. And I am hoping that people who still are growing up that way, because I don't blame parents, but when they were not taught themselves, then how do they feel empowered to teach their own kids? So it's not I'm not here to shame parents for that, but to understand that we can break that cycle and we can talk about these things. And so I have hope in Gen Z that as they see these TikToks by myself and so many other people that they will then raise their own kids differently and kind of undo that. So I think it's a really cool way to break that shame cycle. You say that education means empowerment. And there's this idea, I think, that there's this certain age that we're supposed to talk about each thing like your kid is not old enough to talk about, you know, their, their actual names for their private parts or mm-hmm. kids aren't old enough to understand where a baby actually comes from mm-hmm. or right. That there's, Oh, well, my kid is old enough to know about this, but not quite old enough to know about any of these things yet. Right. right. Like there's this, this, this fake scale that I don't even right. know where this comes from, but what, is there an age when kids are too young to talk about certain aspects of sex and sexuality and how do we gauge that? Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you a secret. It's actually really simple. We overcomplicate everything as adults because that's what we do. Kids are so smart and they're so like chill about this stuff. We think that we have to follow this, you know, you talk about this and then this, and at this age, you tell them about this, like all kids are different. Their maturity levels are different. And they'll let you know what they need. And we, it's us putting our own like layer of shame and discomfort and all these things on top of it that makes it complicated. 
again, no shame if that's how you, you felt or, or how you still feel, because that's, you got the results society created for you. So that's just, it's okay. But I mean, it starts so simple as just rethinking about this and saying, okay, I taught my kids how to brush their teeth and I never felt shame about saying the word teeth, right? Like same thing about vagina, penis, scrotum, nipples, anus, rectum, like they're all just body parts. The emotion you attach to it is something that has been thrust upon us by society, which has led, which has added this idea of like morality to our body parts. So it starts so simple as using the right words when they're little, because when you do that, you never have to undo it later. And it's having age appropriate conversations, which they just sort of reveal themselves, right? Like it's when you, you know, if you've got a a three-year-old and they put their hands down their pants in public and you say, you know, when we touch ourselves, if it feels good, I totally, I get that. Sometimes that can feel really good, but it's, we have just a couple things about this. We do it in our room. If we do it and we wash our hands afterwards, like that's simple. It's like, you, you know, talk about teaching your kids how to potty train, you know, it, it's, it's kind of the same idea. And then, you know, as there, as you talk about reproduction and those sorts of things, it's just using age appropriate words and keeping it very simple. Mommy, where do babies come from? My favorite thing to say is, what do you think? Because they're telling you what they think or what they know or what level of information they're ready to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and it's just, it's so fun to watch them. Like, seriously, last night we had this conversation because my, my kiddo is in fifth grade and they are talking about, um, you know, just anatomy and this kind of stuff. And, and I had a shirt on that had a uterus because that's like my whole wardrobe. And he's like, mommy, we talked about that today. And that's the vagina. That's the uterus. Those are the fallopian tubes. Those are the ovaries. And, you know, they had these, these pictures out and nobody wanted to say the word, what is this? And I didn't understand why. And I was like, you guys, it's just a testicle. And I like can tell you, I was like, I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. Like, <laughs> it's working. And he didn't feel embarrassed or anything. Cause he's like, well, I don't understand what their problem is. And I was like, dude, I get it. But you know, some people grow up not even be able to say, say the word penis. So, um, you, you don't have to be an expert. It's okay. If you don't know what the conversation should be, just like, let your kids lead it. And understand that when you talk about these things, it doesn't mean that they're going to go out and have sex with everybody. Like if anything, it's the opposite. It means that if and when they do do it, they'll do it in a more informed way, in a safer way, in a way where they can protect themselves um, because it's, it's just another biological function. So preparing your kids, just like you wouldn't throw them in a car and be like, hope you can figure it out because now you're allowed to drive. No, you would send them the driver's ed and you would you know, assume that they're picking up things the whole time they watch you drive as kids. It's, it's kind of just the same thing. It's not, we just overcomplicate it mm-hmm. um, because of the world in which we are. I think also some of us as parents are worried, especially, you know, depending on the community in which we live, that if mm-hmm. we start teaching our kids the proper terminology and everything from a young age, that our kid is going to be the one in the auditorium who stands up and is like vagina, you know, I hope so. Like that's my, that is my goal. Like when my kiddo was like, he said the word testicle, I'm like, good. Like, and then he, he mentioned that his teacher was like, Oh, I'm going to say that word now vagina. And I said, you go back to school tomorrow and tell her that it's a word like any other. Like, I want my kid to be that kid who says that word, like not in a ha ha, I'm doing it for a shock value way, but in a way that shows that we can say these words, we can say the word period and not be like, ooh, it's gross. Like, and if teachers or parents have a problem with that, what a beautiful learning moment. And I would love to be called into that parent-teacher conversation. Right. <laughs> well, that's kind of it is that, you know, I feel hmm. like in that moment, you know, as a parent, sometimes maybe you, your feelings about all of that 
mm-hmm. are much different from the school environment mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. and the other parents' feelings. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough one because yeah. even if you're feeling like, okay, I want to teach my kid all the right stuff and I want to be very mm-hmm. open with them. There's also, again, we're talking about that shame factor, that shame factor mm-hmm. of getting the phone call from the parent, like, you know what your kid told my kid today in school or being mm-hmm. called into the principal's office, mm-hmm. that stuff is still real. I know. And it drives me nuts because like, they should be thankful that your kid is like smart enough to know that this stuff. But I think people often say, well, how do you make me change? How do you change these things? And it's on that level. So if I got that phone call, I would, I would hightail it right into that office. And I would say, yeah, I'm so glad that my kid, why, why is my child in trouble or why are they concerned? How can we help these parents feel that they can have these conversations? What can we do? What are we doing for parents? What lessons can we teach them? What can we put out there? What material, what are we teaching our kids? Like, let's use it as a moment to undo it. And, um, I mean, again, I'm lucky. I am in a state where we do comprehensive, medically accurate, age appropriate, inclusive sex education that, requires coverage of all things, including consent, which very few states actually do. So our kids are getting this stuff and that's part of the curriculum. And in other states where they do abstinence only education, they don't teach anything. It's the opposite. So it probably, we probably would be outliers there. But if, even if you live in a place like that, where you get those things, it's a great moment to say, here's how we change the narrative. And it's, you know, it's one parent at a time. It's one school district at a time because it has to change because there's a reason that we have some of the highest unintended pregnancies in developed nations and um, you know, STI rates are going up and, and people, you know, we're, we're growing up as adults and we don't know how our bodies work. And it starts when they're young. And again, teaching them the right words for their body does not mean that they go out and have sex. It means but they're less likely to become victims of sexual assault. They're more likely to report it because they know that they can. I mean, these are like real important things and we want our kids to go out into the world in control of their bodies, ready to speak up. Um, And it might feel uncomfortable at first, but um, I think you have to think like, what do I want my kid to see me doing? Do I want them to see me speaking up for what's right or worrying about what other people think of me? Granted, I'm a vagina doctor who wears, you know, shirts with uteruses and vaginas all over to school. Like I'm, that ship has sailed a long time ago, but I tell you, it feels real good. It feels really good to not care what other people think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You worry that there's going to come a day when, you know, your sons are 15, 16 or whatever. And they're like, all right, mom, we get it. No more, you know, don't pick me up from, you know, practice or, you know, the play or whatever. From I do wonder. Yeah. I do wonder, cause like they're not on social media. They don't have phones. Like we're delaying that, you know, I'm married to a pediatrician. We're very much aware of like what these things can do to kids, young brains. And, um, but I don't, I, so I'm very interested to see what they'll be like. I mean, you can't see, but in my house, I've got like mugs with uterus. I've got pelvis models. I've got like all sorts of stuff here and they don't even like see it cause it's around them so often. Um, I do think it'll be interesting when a friend is like, I found your mom on TikTok and it'll be, 
interesting to see what their reactions are. But as a highlight, as a foreshadowing, so yesterday when my one kid was telling me about, you know, the, the, what they're doing in class, and I said, hey, if your teacher needs help talking about these things, let her know. I'd love to come in and chat if she needs help or whatever. And he was like, here she goes. She's now she's teaching all of my friends about periods. And he was like, yeah, you can email her. And I was like, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure she's got it. <laughs> I think, um, you know, it'll be an interesting conversation to have. And yeah. being the typical person I am, I would say, well, why are you embarrassed about that? Or I kind of feel like they might be the opposite and be like, yeah, my friends can come to you to talk your stuff. I don't know. We'll see when it gets there. But Right. Well, um, you can call me when it happens. I'll let you because, know. I'll let because you know. I have teenagers and they, yeah. their friends have found our podcast. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, we've see? gone and, through the yeah. whole, sure. You know, the, the question I'm asking you is a question we mm-hmm. get all the time, which is right. what are you going right. to do when your kids find, you know, and, I, and my right. answer is always, uh, we say nothing that I am ashamed of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's, that is exactly, yeah, there is nothing that I'm talking about that I wouldn't have a conversation, you know? Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I totally so, agree. So it's like, you know, um, it's like the Netflix, you know, sex education. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I think of like the mother and I was like, well, she was a little intru- too intrusive. You still have to respect your kids' wishes and privacy and that kind of thing. But right. Um, yeah, but they know like mommy's job is to be a doctor and to educate people and to talk about these things. And so, yeah, we'll see what they yeah, end up it's being. It's a little harder because we're not doctors, but we yeah, still. Yeah, well, no, still, still, I love that you're so, doing it. Yeah. 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 I love um, but so is abstinence education still really a thing in that many oh, places? God, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so uh, abstinence only education is what happens in the, um, the majority of states right now. I'm trying to remember the numbers. I think it's 26 require sex education. Only 20 are, um, have to be accurate. So the rest are just making it up. Um, yeah. And it's in the states that exactly the ones that you're thinking of right now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, it's, and it's unfortunate because all leading organizations have said that it should be done away with, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, the um, the World Health Organization and the American College of OBGYN, not because it's like just not enough, but because we actually see that it causes harm, that people who get only abstinence, only ed- education are more likely to have STIs, have unintended pregnancies. Um, it doesn't do anything that they claim. It doesn't delay the age of introduction or, you know, of initiation of sex. It doesn't decrease the number of partners over lifetime. Like this has been studied. And yet people continue to teach it because it's based on a morality worldview that people, which again, if people want to, you know, abstinence only, yes, we should talk about abstinence as the only form of of birth control that works. And when we talk about sex education, you should definitely talk about what it means to have sex and what it means to choose to not have sex. And I'm not here to say it's a bad thing, but acting like if you just don't talk about it, then they won't do it. (laughs) I mean, come on, like, these are, you know, these are kids think about when you were younger, right? Like, we know the just say no to drugs campaign never worked. Like when we just tell people, no, we don't teach them ways to do things safely or inform them. We're not giving them the whole picture. Yeah, it definitely happens. And it's happening in the States that are restricting access to abortion care right now. So tell me how that's going to work. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because with the, when the, when the quote unquote, don't say gay bill came out mm-hmm. and I would post about it on my stories, you know, the, most people were uh, were very supportive of what I was saying, mm-hmm. but there were definitely a lot who weren't. And it was the same thing over and over again. And actually mm-hmm. my communities, if you went on their Facebook pages and stuff, this is also what was said over and over mm-hmm. again, is the quote unquote, 
why can't we just let kids be kids? Why do we mm-hmm. have to even, you know, talk about sexuality at all? And let's let them mm-hmm. just be kids. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, you know, people would respond. I'd get DMs mm-hmm. constantly that were like, yeah, yes, let them be. And I'm, and you know, my first thought is always, well, wait a minute. Why aren't you saying that when there's a Disney movie, you know, when, exactly. you know, when, when a, a woman and a man are falling in yeah. love and why aren't yeah. you saying then just leave romance out of it? You know, right. why we're picking and choosing. Right. So, or when you put the kid in the onesie that says, you know, mommy's little heartbreaker. No, that's just them hiding behind that. They just want to say that they want to let kids be, but what they mean is please let kids be so that they can grow up to be this heterosexual you know, people who are cute and adorable and we can sexualize to the point that society is comfortable with, i.e. the Disney movie with, you know, the falling in love. Um, But nothing outside of that, because that's the only thing that makes us comfortable. So it's a cop out. And it's and I don't think not everybody realizes that. I think they're just they haven't thought outside of that and they don't realize how harmful they're being and and how they're erasing people. And it's drives me nuts. Like, yeah, let's let kids be. Let's let them be whoever they are. And if they want to wear a dress to school, or if they have two mommies, let's let them talk about that and not make this some ridiculous law. It's, it infuriates me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm also wondering, we were talked about, you know, when, when kids are little and they have all these questions and everything mm-hmm. about sexuality, and then all of a sudden, obviously it becomes, you know, I said, like, I have two teenagers and I also have a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there gets to a point where if you say anything that is remotely sexually, you know, centered or anything. It's, oh my God. Oh my God, mom. No, please. No. And obviously look, you you want to get those gems in there, right. About Mm -hmm. consent and all of that. And you have to be kind of, sometimes you have to be really sly and insidious Mm -hmm. when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. What are the things that parents absolutely need to make sure that they're slipping into these conversations, even if it's followed by, oh my God, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think consent is huge, but that's something you can start teaching when kids are young, you know, when it comes to hugs or tickling or anything. So it's not like you have to just make it about sex. And so if you have these conversations throughout their whole life, that's what makes it so much easier when they are 16, because you've built a foundation. This isn't so quote unquote out there. And I will say to parents too, you know, yeah, you need to be talking about sex in, in not just in a scary way, which is how a lot of these places do it, which is like I said, you know, me growing up, you have sex, you get pregnant, you die, but talking about some of the risks that can happen, but also don't scare people off of it and say that sex can feel good. And, and if your kids are like, Oh my God, mom, I don't want to hear about this. Like I get it. That's why I think it's great to start these conversations young. So the relationship is there and also realize it doesn't always have to come straight from you. So, you know, I wrote a book that I think covers a lot of these things. Great. And that's a book that you can leave out in the bathroom or you can leave, give it them to here when you're ready, look at this. If you want it, we can look at it together. Or if you want to read it, if you have questions, come to me. A lot of my girlfriends do that. Even with their younger kids, they have books about anatomy and all these things just around the house. And I love see their, their daughters, you know, pick it up and they look at it. And then if they have a question or, and they kind of decide when they're ready. And sometimes the best conversations happen over video games or car rides. It's not like a sit down formal, look at me conversation. It's a, you know, we're sitting next to each other, we're driving somewhere, or, um, you know, it's like when you ask your kid, well, how was school today? He's fine. (laughs) They never want to talk. But if you can like, have these conversations in a little more subtle ways, if you're watching TV, and you see something, or if you see a news story, and you're like, hey, that wasn't great, you know, let's talk about this sexual assault case that's going on, you know, and you can, you can have these conversations in little bite-sized pieces, 
good news is there are so many resources out there right now that you don't have to be like the only one carrying the load. And I think another great thing too, I think all parents should do this, myself included. When you start taking your kid to the pediatrician, when they're starting to be teenagers, they should be doing this. The, the doctors, the healthcare providers should be doing this. But if they don't butt in and be like, Hey, I want you guys to have time to talk without me in the room. I'm going to go to the waiting room, come out when you're done. Cause you're telling your kid that there's a place they can talk where they can have questions that they might not want to ask you. And it's from somebody who actually like has the answers and is, is totally okay. And knows how to talk about it. I think that's so crucial to give kids that space. That's one thing that's hard right now. My daughter is, is 16 mm-hmm. and you, she definitely is too old for the pediatrician, especially our pediatrician who mm-hmm. I chose, you know, 17 years ago when I was mm-hmm. pregnant with her, but she still doesn't, I don't know if she's ready for an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't know if emotionally she's ready and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just not sure. Is there something in between and how do we find the right doctor for our teenagers who are in that like in-between area. Yeah. Well, that kind of, it makes me sad because pediatricians should be capable and like, should be really good at taking care of kids up to the age of 18. And again, I'm married to them. I know. And that's terrible. Cause like, they're they're very much like, like they still speak in the Mickey mouse voice. (laughs) You know what I mean? When you walk in and yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so in those situations, um, you know, the way that you could bridge that gap is, a family medicine doctor, because they take care of kids through adults, they take care of everybody, or even internal medicine. But I would say that the American College of OBGYN does recommend starting to see us or having an intro visit between the ages of 13 to 15, which most of us like, let's be real, that was not what we did. So I don't want you to feel like, oh my goodness, we missed the window. But the point there is that you come and you chat, it doesn't mean you're going to have an exam, but it's just like a, hey, I'm here to help you talk about your periods to check in if you feel like you need anything, if you have any questions about your body or what have you, I just want you to know that I'm here for you. We can check in annually, things down the road that will do, you know, pap smears, that kind of stuff. It's not till you're in your twenties. Like at least it gives them someone to, to, to talk to. And another really nice thing that um, is not in every area, but there are gynecologists who specifically do pediatric and adolescent gynecology. So you can look up, um, pediatric adolescent gynecologist. I'm ready. I'm like are, taking notes. Write it down right talking. now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're going to Google it. And I'm sure because, you know, unfortunately, just like most things in America, there's access depends where you are. But if you are in, you know, close to a city or that kind of thing, these are GYNs who have done specific fellowship training to care just for teenagers. And I think that is like the perfect gap because they understand the ins and the outs of all adolescents. I'm not saying you have to take your teenager to one of those, but that's a really cool resource to have too. Um, and there is, it's called NASPAG. I think it's the national, I'm not exactly, maybe American Society of Pediatric and Adolescent Gynecology. So you can like go there and you can. Okay. You I'm going to put this body. all in my Instagram story. Now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, because yeah, I think that is a hard thing about, mm-hmm. you know, there's this sort of it, like, period in between where, Mm -hmm. you know, you're either uncomfortable going to the pediatrician or you're not Mm -hmm. quite ready for, for, you know, for an actual OBGYN. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but we're here to chat. I mean, anytime it's not like you have to be pregnant or you have to be having sex or you have to need a pap smear to come see us. Some of my favorite visits are when moms would bring in their daughters and be like, can you just, can you like, just talk to her? I I am so excited. Like, tell me the top five things you're scared of. Or nowadays, like show me the TikTok that has you freaking out about your vagina. Like, let's talk about it. (laughs) Right. I know. And TikTok is really, I mean, TikTok does, I think, 
it, it exposes them obviously to a lot of negative things mm-hmm. also, but there's so much out there that exposes them to things that they would never otherwise right. be thinking about. And yeah. I do think that that's yeah. really important. Um, yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I, one other thing that I, I always think about is, so my husband, before we had kids or when our kids were really young, you know, when I would get my period, it would be a joking, you know, it would be like, ugh, okay, oh no, mm-hmm. or I didn't need to know that information or... yeah. And since we've talked and, you know, he no longer does that. And I've explained why that's not a good thing to do, especially with, with two boys or, you know, we have two young boys and a daughter, right? Um, you know, and, and I guess my question is because we are trying to all, we're trying to raise all humans who are going to, you know, go out there and be respectful and, Mm -hmm. and, and be really sensitive, empathetic partners and everything, so what do you say about that kind of stuff around the house? How, mm-hmm. how should we be dealing with periods in, yeah. in our home and, and, you know, and, and all of that? The- yeah. 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 Like, how do you like not make it this thing you have to like hide or whatever? Yeah. Well, I love that you're even thinking about that. And I actually made a YouTube video called what dads need to know about periods, but it's really for anybody. And it's just that, like, how do you, first of all, like, what is a period? What are the basics? Cause not all guys know what's, you know even all girls know. So understanding what it is and then how to make your house like a more period friendly house, meaning you can say the word pads and tampons and not be like, Ooh, you can have them out on the counter. You can show your kids what they're like, you know, what they're used for. You can explain it in very basic terms. Um, you can go to the grocery store and shop for them and not feel ashamed about it. I think that's huge. I think the language that you use is huge. Um, and that's what I love about TikTok and Instagram is like, there's so many accounts that are talking about periods and period products and all the things that are out there, like light years ahead of where I was when I got my first period and I was completely unprepared and I hid in the bathroom and I didn't want to tell anybody. So I think it's huge just to talk about that, like to not be ashamed of it. Um, And it was another conversation that came up in our house last night because Portland public schools just passed a law that period products need to be free and available in all schools, which I love. And in all bathrooms, meaning not just in the girls' bathrooms, understanding that there are some kids who might, um, you know, menstruate, but not identify as female and use the boys' bathroom. And this conversation with my son, he, I said, oh, by the way, have you seen any products or stuff? Because I, what I really wanted to say was don't take them and play with them. And they're not toys. They're expensive. And the school is funding this. And don't you steal them. And he looked at me like, I, like mom, why would I do that? And I said, and do you understand why they're in both bathrooms? And he said, well, yeah, because there might be somebody who's the bathroom. Like, and it was just like, Shh, no big deal. Now, I am not saying that to say like, I'm an amazing parent and that's how my kid, I'm saying that because like, thankfully we're in a school district where that was just normalized and these conversations in our house are normalized. And when you normalize them, you don't have to undo it later on, mm-hmm. um, which is not how I grew up. And that's the only reason I know how to not do it today. So if you've already gone down this road where you're like, oh my God, I call it the curse and we hide things like it's okay. 
we did the best we could with what we had. Like, it is okay to be like, you know what? We're going to start talking about this stuff. There's no shame in that. Right. Yeah. I I think that's great because I I am as much, excuse me, as of course I want to talk to all my kids about consent and everything. There Mm -hmm. is part of me that sort of thinks sometimes with, with boys that, that there are all these talks that need to happen and Mm -hmm. it, it can be really hard to communicate sometimes harder, you know, depending on the kid. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, like you said, leaving books around is a really good mm-hmm. thing. Posters on the wall, um, you know, mm-hmm. just a sign in the bathroom. Like those are sort of things that I think do make it easier, but that has be- become something that I'm trying to be very aware of in our home. That's awesome. Safe. Yeah. Try it. I think yeah. that's awesome. And I think as your kids are older and they're on social media, I think another great tactic, again, I'm not there, but I'm sure I will be, um, is saying, Hey, show me what TikToks are you watching? Like, and you watch them together and then you're like, do you think that's true? Or, you know, what do you think about that? And then they think you're so cool because you're like watching TikToks with them. Um, or you can even send them one and be like, Hey, this is a good one. Or, Oh, this is terrible. You know, and it's somebody else saying what you want to say, but you know, they don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> yeah. Well, my daughter is dead set on teaching my sons about, you know, she's very into all the terminology with LGBTQ and everything. And she's dead uh-huh. set on teaching them, which in some ways has been better. Oh, I love, yeah, I love that. has not been better. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but it is an open conversation. Yes, exactly. Which is great. One of the things that, um, you, you got a question from a girl who said to you that her boyfriend commented on her private parts and how they Mm -hmm. smelled Mm -hmm. and your response to her was, why is he still your boyfriend? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, um, Oh, that gets me. Cause like, what else is he telling her? Isn't just right. Right. Like, does she, is she, she, does she weigh too much? Does she eat too much food? Does she have too many opinions? That's very much um, to me, a red flag of control. Now, maybe it's that he doesn't know better. And he was like, well, I thought that they were cause my last girlfriend and, and so it could be a learning moment and maybe that's fine. But, you know, I see this with that, or people have sent to me, well, my boyfriend says he's only going to go down on me if I, if I shave or I wax, like, Oh, that's cute. Well, what's the status of his scrotum? Cause I'd like to know more about that. Like, why does he think he gets to dictate how your body is? And it's not that these things are bad, but it's why are you doing it? And why are they making you feel that you have to be a certain way? This is what happens when you don't talk about sex in school and you kids have to learn from the porn industry, or they have to figure these things out on their own and not good sources. So, um, so I, I do kind of sometimes tell it like it is. And I was like, listen, if you don't get through to him or you don't understand or have a conversation that leaves you feeling like he loves you for who you are, why are you giving him an audience? Because there's a lot better people out there. Um, but it's hard because we grew up in a society where we're supposed to be nice and we're supposed to smile more and be quiet. And I'm so sick of having men say, oh, honey, smile. It's the best part about the pandemic. Wearing masks is not being told by guys that you should smile more. <laughs> So what are some other relationship red flags that are, you know, mm-hmm. teenagers and as we're, they're dating and starting to experiment yeah. should be looking for? Yeah. A lot of it is about control. So they want to control who you're hanging out with. They want to see, show me, show me your texts, show me your, show me who, who are you following? Like, that's not your business. Um, or they're controlling where you spend your time or what you wear or, you know, how you groom yourself. Um, or they tell you that, well, you know, I like to do this. And if you don't want to do it, I don't know if we can be, we can be together. If, if at any point in time, they don't respect your nose, or I think at the flip side of that, um, listen to you when you're like, Hey, I would like to try this. And this actually feels better. And 
you know, oh, I, I don't want to do that because that hurts. It's all about respect. It's just the, the basics of kindergarten, you know, being nice to people and no means no. And understanding that your body's not dirty or shameful. I think those are huge, um, huge red flags for sure. And I think that's important that those are things that we've said multiple times before our kids go away and Mm -hmm. are in an environment that maybe at first doesn't feel as safe. And so they don't feel quite as much like, you know, they can say no as they're, or, or that they can, you know, say anything that is going to keep them from making new friends or meeting new people. Right. So I, I, so also another thing, I'm just wondering, what do you recommend again for parents who have kids who are about to leave for college to, to leave the house or, or Mm -hmm. whatever they're going to do post high school? What are some, a list of some things that you absolutely think need to be checked off Mm -hmm. before they leave? Yeah, I actually, um, I wrote an article, maybe you can put it in your show notes for parents, um, like two months ago, and it was called the health safety checklist that your college bound team needs. And it's basically hitting these things like from a health standpoint, you know, making sure they're up to date on their vaccinations, making sure that you've talked about things like sex and consent and birth control, but getting more granular, like teaching them how to make a doctor's appointment, which when we're parents, we do all of that but showing them, this is how you schedule it. This is what's in your network. Let's look to see where you're going to college and see which urgent care nearby takes our insurance and showing them how to schedule those appointments, how to use their insurance card, even showing them which pharmacies they can walk into. Those are like the basics of adulting that we sometimes forget about because it's just easier for us to do it for our kids. The other big thing I think is great is actually walking to the health center with your kids when you take them, you drop them off and be like, so here's where you can go. If you need to talk to somebody, here's where the mental health services are and here's how you can get help and here's the phone number. And and I think that can be really important in them showing you, you showing them that these things are important and if you're not feeling okay, it's okay to talk to somebody. And I also think really um, stressing confidentiality. So you can tell your kids like, hey, if you, you know, go here and use and say that you don't want this in your record or whatnot, like, just know that I'm not going to be sitting there, like looking at the bills, or I I just want you to get the care that you need, but also know that you can come to me if you have any questions. Um, and I, and I won't sit there and yell at you. I will get you the help you need. I think that's really important. Um, and then giving them resources again, because they don't always want to talk to us. So, um, I think one of the best ones for birth control is bedsider, um, B E D S I D E R. It's like the ins and the outs of birth control. And it's all like very evidence-based, um, and just giving them a couple of resources, like sending them, I'm, I'm not saying this like, cause I'm like buying my book, but I really think my book is an excellent resource for that exact age range, which talks about all these things. Yeah. In tell an tell, tell way. us the title of your book again. Yeah. It's called, let's talk about down there. And OBGYN answers all your burning questions without making you feel embarrassed for asking. And it's broken down into really easy to read sections like periods, care down there, possibly pregnant, um, itching and burning, going to the doctor. And I wrote it for like my TikTok audience. So it's Q&A based. You can read it in like an hour if you want to skim through it or you can go to a particular Or again, leave it in the bathroom. Or leave it in, I know, it's the best bathroom book you never knew you needed. And um, it's all illustrated. It's inclusive. It's like I said, there's references for everything. And it's all about talking about this stuff but not making it feel like I'm lecturing you or you're in trouble or you're a bad person. I think it's a really good resource for like questions that, like you might have, and you're you really don't want to ask your parents about, or yeah. questions you didn't know you had. <laughs> yeah. So um, I love yeah, that. I, giving I, your that's kids great. the opportunity and the solutions to be like, hey, 
I know you're going off to college. Like we can all wish that our, you know, well, of course you'll go to bed by nine o'clock and you'll never have sex and you'll never drink. And then think back to when you were there. So you can either send them off with the same trepidation that you had and you had no idea what you were doing, or they could be prepared. <laughs> yeah. And most schools I would imagine today have pretty good health resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most do. Most do. Um, but again, it can vary. Like I gave a talk at Northwestern uh, like two months ago and their health center is amazing. Like all this free stuff that you can get condoms, lube, testing, all this stuff. Wonderful. And then my alma mater, where I went to college, a tiny school in the Eastern shore of Maryland, I gave another lecture and I contacted the health center to see like, Hey, what do you guys have? And it's very different. They can't do IUDs. They um, they don't have emergency contraception available 24 seven. So it can really vary depending where you are. And that's why as a parent, it can be helpful to like show your kids, like here's how you can figure out what they have or what they don't have or what you need. So checking in on that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I know so many, uh, my, my sister, uh, friends of mine, all sending their kids off to college next year and my daughter Aww. will be a senior. So we're starting all of that. So yeah. It's all it such useful. so quick useful information for sure. Tell everybody if they're looking for more of any of this, where they can find you across all platforms. Yeah. So my book, you can find at Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and local bookstores. I'll link to that also in the show notes and in our Instagram. So people uh, look out for that. Yeah. And then social media, I'm Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. It's Dr. Jennifer Lincoln on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And I really encourage you to check out my YouTube channel because I've got a lot of this kind of like, how do you talk to your kids about this stuff and how do these things work um, that I think can be really helpful for parents. Um, and you can follow me there and come hang out. It's really fun. That's awesome. Well, I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. I'm definitely going to today when my, as soon as my daughter comes home, I'm like, you need to follow this TikTok account for Aww, sure. Yay. <laughs> Tell her I said that hello. has to be one of the rules. <laughs> if you're going to have TikTok, I get to choose right. at least some of the, uh, of what you're following. I like that. I yeah. Like right. That That's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, well, thank you again. And um, I just, I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.